I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Show. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me always, Blake Harrison. You all right? I'm fine. Why did you start so quickly after we did the clap? <laughs> like we're here, we're supposed to be like we're in the new studio now. This is all new, and it's all new. We don't know what we're doing, and was uh, for the editing purposes, we have to do like a one, two, three, and then a big clap to yeah. sync up all the sound. And I literally just went clap. You went hello. <laughs> it's like it's going to be nothing there. There's going to be like an immediate clap and then go. Well, you I, told me I off last time because I, I clapped along as well yeah. last time. <laughs> I, just thought it was, I thought we were all just sort of giving each other a little uh, round of applause before we started. Well, look. It looks better, but the bones of the show are still us idiots yeah, and we don't yeah. know what we're doing. Uh, that's, we, that's basically what it is. We've made that very transparent yeah. that we don't really know what we're doing. And this is the first time the cameraman has left us to our own devices as well. So this could go badly wrong. We're but, looking at three red lights and we're just waiting for one of them to go off and then it'd just be an absolute nightmare. Absolutely. Well, look, um, you've obviously seen the, the episode, well, we presume you've seen the episode with MVP, Michael Venom-Page, who come and sat exactly where Blake was sitting. We had such a good time chatting to MVP. What a dude he was. I loved him. He was so, like, The thing is, when you've got someone like, like uh, MVP, who's like, the style is really uh, exciting, and there's, there's almost like, there's almost an arrogance in the way he fights. Yeah. In terms of like, he's just so flashy. Then you add the celebrations on top of it. You kind of half wondered to yourself oh what's he going to be like I thought he was going to be quite cocky yeah and he wasn't at all he was so humble so humble so nice really generous with time super friendly massive nerd yeah but in the best way (laughs) yeah like like we were talking about we were talking about like Disney movies we were talking about like me and him were going off on about Spider-Man and different things and like Marvel stuff and all of that loved it what yeah, a great yeah, yeah. guy. I'd love to have him back. He was such a great guy. And I can't wait to see where he ends up. So mm. if uh, if you haven't checked out the episode yet, check out the check out the episode. Yeah, you put him on trial. I put him on trial. I put MVP on trial. Oh, I think the power went to my head a little bit. Uh, but we put MVP on trial. We interrogated him a bit, tried to find out where he was going next. And, uh, yeah, well, we have to go and watch the episode and see see how that went and see see what happened. I don't know what camera to look at. I don't know I don't where know. I'm... Look at it with sport for choice. It's like, I feel like I'm like... You Ron... know what you're doing. This is what you I've do for a living. I've never done stuff like this. <laughs> like, this is like, I feel like Ron Burgundy in the Anchorman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like... 
<laughs> I'm looking like, is there going to be an auto queue? And it's just like, no, no, there's no auto queue. We're straight in, and we're talking UFC Fight Night in Austin at the Moody Center. Oh, that's uh, that doesn't sound good, does it? No, where, where, where are you having a scrap? Things are going to get moody at the Moody mm, Center. The Moody Center. <laughs> Everyone's going to leave very disappointed. Um, love it, love it. I tell you what, though, I am super excited about this fight mm. because. I'm a big Armand Sarukian fan. I really mm-hmm. think he could do a lot in this division, especially, like, you look at Armand Sarukian's career so far, 10 fights in the UFC, lost his debut mm-hmm. to Islam Makachev. No, no shame. shame in that. No shame in that. And also gave him one of his toughest fights, I lost think. Lost to Gamrot, yeah? By a slightly iffy split decision, I'd say. Mm. So he's lost to two really good fighters. Yeah. One of them was his debut, and it's Islam Makachev. The other one was Gamrot in a fight that you could easily score for Sarukian, I think. So aside from... Let, let's not count the Islam fight, because Islam, you know, it, it was a long time ago. Yeah. So Gamrot, like, great opponent. Yep. Has he fought at the level that Benil Dariush has fought at? I think you could argue that Gamrot is sort of that level. Dariush did beat Gamrot, mm-hmm. but I think when you watch that fight, it was a close, close yeah, fight. Yeah. Um, and I think you could argue Sarukian beat Gamrot. Mm. So I know that Darius would definitely be the best win on his career by a long way. Oh, look at this. Look at you. Getting, I know. I know. Getting fancy here. Listeners, you're missing all the action here. You need yeah. to get yourselves over to YouTube because we've, yeah. got, we've got a big screen and we're pulling up like little pictures of the fighters and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's good bodies on him. Do you want yeah. to comment on that? I mean, Darius looks a little bit pixelated. He's a bit pixelated, He's a bit yeah. pixelated. Sarukian, though, Ooh, looks like him. an Adonis. Yeah, bronzed. Looking, looking, <laughs> looking bronzed. <laughs> looking good. But, um, but yeah, no, I think Darius would definitely be his the best name on his resume. Yeah. But I, I don't think he's... I don't think it's beyond him. I mean, he's 27 years old, Sarukian, incredible wrestler and grappler. And I think his striking's really improving. Like, you watch some of his fights. I was, I was watching some uh, uh, to research for this, and uh, I can't remember exactly who I'm thinking of now, but it, maybe it was the Gamrot fight. His left kick, like his front leg kicks, are really surprisingly yeah. good for someone you think of, oh, Sarukian's a wrestler. He's going to get you down, mash you up, all those things. He throws a sneaky good kind of like front leg high kick that's got no wind up to it or anything like yeah. that. And I, I think he could really do well against Darius. I think it's going to be so interesting watching. I know you're Mr. Stand'em Up, so I don't no, know how no, much No, no, you. no, 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 no. <laughs> you're you're going to get funny about the grappling. No, but what I think, to, to, to actually go back to our interview with MVP where we spoke to yeah. him about the potential fight, should he go to the UFC with Wonderboy, yeah. he said basically... It could cancel it out because we're both technical yeah. strikers. It might just be loads of feints and 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 I think because both of these fighters, both uh, uh, Benil and Armand, are both got that wrestling fundamentals. Yeah, and I think that we could end up seeing not a kind of grand game. I think we could start seeing some striking. I think it might mix it up a little bit. The only reason I. Th- I think it'll definitely be a, a, a mixture, mm. a mixture of the martial arts. Yeah. Um, I, I, the only the, the reason I think that is because when you look at Dariush versus Gamrot, mm-hmm. and when you look at Armand Sarukian versus Gamrot, 
that's what those those fights were. Yeah, it yeah. was there was a bit of stand up, but they they weren't afraid to go. I don't. There'll be a lot of fighters that don't want to try and take Darius to the ground because he's got a good wrestling base, but he's also a phenomenal jujitsu. He's got the heel hooks. He's got all that stuff. Dangerous guy to take down. And then there'll be other people that wouldn't have a chance in hell in trying to take Sarukian down because his wrestling base is so good. I think I think Sarukian's wrestling is better than Dariush's wrestling, but. Dariush's jiu-jitsu is better than Sarukian's jiu-jitsu. So we're going to have a really interesting... And I think that's where, when you watch the Gamrot-Dariush fight and the Sarukian-Gamrot fight, the wrestling exchanges and, and the, the, the grappling and the scrambles are actually really exciting. You get, you know, there there is a thing of MMA fans being like, oh, all the wrestling, stand them up and, and, and all that stuff. But when you get wrestlers and grapplers like this... I think the grappling exchanges become just as exciting as the striking exchanges mm-hmm. because it is so dynamic. It is so fast-paced. You've got sweeps and scrambles and rolls and changes of positions happening really quickly. Yeah. And and I, I think that side of it will be really, really exciting. So what are we going to see from um, Benil here? Because up until the Oliveira fight, he was on a, a, a tear and he was looking streak. absolutely fantastic. I'd like to have seen him fight Islam. Me too. Um, I think he's got a little bit of a way to go to get that fight now. Um, what are we going to see from Benil? Are we going to see a Benil that that kind of confidence that you get from, I imagine you get from an eight-fight tear, like that's gone. Are we going to see him, as he took some time out, pulled himself together, and do you think he's going to come out and try and put on something spectacular to avenge that loss? I think he's going to have to try to, because I think, again, if he, I think he's so far back in the title picture now. I mean, he's only ranked fourth. Yeah. But the lightweight division is a division where there's not a huge amount of movement in that kind of top four, five positions. Yeah. And, and he's not the money fight. He's not the he's money fight. He's surrounded by money no, fights. That's that's it. You've got Chandler who's holding out for Connor. I've, Connor or Chandler, whoever wins that fight could get a title shot next. Yeah. It's very plausible. Poirier is always in the mix for a title shot. I know he's just lost to Gaethje, but he was called up yeah. as a potential replacement for Oliveira, yeah. wasn't he? Uh, so he's never too far away from a title shot. You've got a lot of fighters up there. Oliveira looks like he's probably going to get the next shot mm. against Makachev. So is that not confirmed? It's not, is it? Is it not? I, it I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe in my head, I thought that was confirmed. Maybe it's not. It's because next likely. year you've got you've got the Strickland, Duplessis, yeah. Sean O'Malley, and Volkanovski. Obviously, not fighting each other. But yeah. that's your January, February, March. That's I don't right. think they've confirmed anything after that. But maybe uh, I'm wrong. Yeah, I think you know. I think you're right. I mate. think it's all rumors and yeah, yeah, likely yeah. And, and and all that stuff. But um, but yeah, but Darius obviously coming off that head kick loss to um to Charles he's going to need to avenge it and if he loses to Sarukian I don't think he will ever get a title shot mm. it's not fair because he was on such a good tear he shouldn't really have had to face Oliveira in my, in my view but them's the breaks and when you're we've spoken about, about it before the fight doesn't end when the fight ends mm. the fight ends after your post fight interview in the cage because at that moment that's when the world is listening. And when you've got someone like Dariush, as big of a fan of Dariush as I am, when he's in there going, I don't mind, I'll take whoever the UFC gives me, I'll fight 10 more times, that stuff, you're like... Pushing you further down the ladder, it's, mate. It's just like. not... Yeah, it's not going to work out for you. So um, I really hope whoever wins this fight, and particularly if it's Saruki, because I do think that bit of fresh blood in that top mm. five would really do the division good. Because I think... I don't want to say it gets stale because we have we have seen there's been a lot of talk about 
elevator fighters mm. and how, you know, they only want to go up. They're never going to fight down. Yeah, but as you said, that division's kind of like clogged up. It with is them bit. big names that are being very choice with who they fight and when they fight. And it's stopping people like Armin and that, like kind of breaking yeah. through. Hopefully this will help. And, you know, if it, it means he ends up getting pushed up to to fourth, maybe them fights will be on the, on the cars. But well, it is, it is a, a real kind of blockage of, of big names yeah. that all want the big fights with the big money. Well, that's it. Gaethje thinks he's earned a title shot. I would agree with him. Oliveira yeah. looks like he's getting a title shot. So that's that's a delay already. Yeah. There's a logjam there. You've got, as we mentioned, Chandler waiting for Connor. Who knows what's going on there? Might be UFC 300. <coughs> but we, we, we don't know for sure yet. And then, uh, I mean, at least Gaethje has fought backwards. He fought Fiziev, won. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's good. And then Dariush fought Gamrot, and now he's fighting Sarukin because he's coming off of a loss. But it'd be nice if someone like a Poirier went, okay, I'll fight a Gamrot. But equally, I can understand why he wouldn't. He wants big money fights. It's a, it's a fight he could lose, and, and why would you chance it? A Gamrot's not a big name, but yeah. you're not going to get big names in that division until they beat big names. In exactly. That. It's, it's, exactly. A, it's a difficult thing to kind of, kind of work out, but... I, I think this is going to be a cracking fight. Yeah. Who are you picking? I think I'm going to go for Sarukian. Oh. I know. I, I, I know Dariush would be the best win on his on his resume, but I just think maybe Dariush mentally coming off that loss to, to mm. Oliveira, that was a big kind of... I know he wasn't finished by the head kick, but that clearly rattled him. And I just think Sarukian is really, really good. 27, only improving... If he loses, Sarukian, he can still get back to a title shot. If Dariush loses, I don't think he'll ever get a title shot. So, how's he going to get that win? I, I think it'll be a decision. Okay. I, th- okay. I think this is going to be a decision fight, and I, but I think it's going to be a good one, and I think it could be very close. Okay. What about you, Benil? Decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. Well, look, we're going to move on now to Bobby Green versus Dan Hook. No, we're not. No Dan Hooker. <laughs> no Dan Hooker. Where's Dan Hooker gone? Dan Hooker's gone. Uh, yeah, he broke his arm. Mm, yeah, I think it, he, it was the same arm, wasn't same it? Same arm that he broke. Was it against Jalen mm. that he broke the arm? Yeah, So, but this is a good replacement. I mean, look, obviously would have wanted to see Hooker. Hooker's just got a win over Jalen Turner, so that fight maybe meant a little bit more than what this fight does. Yeah. But I think that, uh, that you couldn't get a better replacement. I mean, for Bobby Green, hopefully it's not too big a change. You've gone from a tall kickboxer to an even taller kickboxer. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. Who, I mean, Jalen missed weight by three pounds when he fought Dan Hooker. Mm. Hopefully that was just a, a problem in camp, something like that. But Jalen's massive. Like, I've seen him, like, doing sparring footage with Hamzat Shemaev, and Hamzat is a beast. He's so big. And Jalen was massive as well. Like, they didn't look... Hamzat obviously looked bigger, but they didn't look that far off, and he's fighting so many weight classes below him. Well, you've got to wonder, taking that fight on such short notice, you've got to get down to 155. That could be problematic. I, I think it could be problematic. I mean, he's seven foot tall, so I don't. <laughs> he's he's going to struggle to get there. Doesn't he's, look seven foot in that image. He looks no, quite pixelated. He but, looks uh, quite pixelated there. We need to work on that. But uh, but no, but no. I think he is genuinely about six foot four, six foot three. Right, Jane okay. and I mean, for a lightweight, that is absolutely massive. Yeah, that must um, be a brutal weight cut. It must be a bad weight cut because he's not. Like, obviously, he's slim in comparison to, again, like the Sarukians yeah. of the world and people like that. But he's still, when you see him out of camp, he's a big lump. He's not like, he's not like, the, not like me. Yeah. He's not like a beanpole type looking yeah. fighter. Um, so, yeah, so I think it's going to be really interesting to see how, how he does with his weight cut. I think that's going to be a big factor. I think full camp uh, Jalen Turner wins this fight. Okay. But we're not dealing with full jam- camp. Uh, Jalen Turner we're dealing with uh, what would it be weeks notice pretty much maybe a little two, over two weeks two, okay. two-ish weeks notice two-ish weeks notice uh, and we've seen that have um, varied outcomes recently. You look mm-hmm. at Volk, you look at Usman, but then you look at Tom Aspinall. Absolutely. So uh, we, we'll have to see. But I'm big. I think this fight will be good. I don't think there'll be any takedowns in this, this fight. This is fun. This, this has is got a fun, fun fight, fight all over it. Bobby Green's never in boring fights. He's never in boring fights, and also Jalen in the fight against Dan Hooker seemed to potentially gas out a bit. That may have been to do with a bad weight cut. But mm. well, he's coming off a two fight win. So it's not just Hooker. He lost to. Uh, Gamrot. Gamrot. But that again, that was a split decision yeah, yeah, yeah. that could maybe have gone either way as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this fight, you're not going to get someone trying to take you down. No. I don't think that's what Bobby and Green the, is going to do. The, he's the gonna Bobby's be in his safe down. space there. Yeah. And when he's on form, I don't think anyone touches him in, in, as far as boxing goes. I think his boxing no. is ridiculous. Plus, he's going to be talking shit. Like yeah, that. and I, I love it. I love watching Bobby Green. He's on a, what's he, two-fight win streak over Tony and Grant. Dawson? Yes, well, the Grant Dawson one was surprising. Yeah. I think everyone expected Grant Dawson to yeah. take him out, take him down, submit him, something yeah. like that. And he just knocked him out with almost like yeah. one of the first punches, didn't he? Absolutely. And, and Bobby Green's not someone you think of as having like knockout power. He's got yeah. great hands, but he usually wears you down with his punches. Mm-hmm. He's not like that one-shot knockout power. But um, Jalen being as tall as he is, you would imagine he's going to want to keep the range, keep the length and try and stop Bobby from getting inside. But I, I I think I think it's going to be a fun fight, and I think that I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Turner smashes Bobby up in that first round, and if Bobby survives, 
given the late notice, given the weight cut issues previously, all those kind of things, I wouldn't be surprised if Bobby Green comes on strong towards the end of the fight and Jalen's got to try and survive and we'll maybe see, maybe round two will be like a swing round and the judges will have a decision to make. But round one, I think, could be Jalen. Round three could be Bobby. And round two, we just, we don't know when does Bobby maybe take uh, take control of the fight a little bit. I, I don't know. Equally, one of them could just knock the other one out quite quickly. It is very possible. Well, I mean, I know we've, we've kind of discussed some of the merits of Bobby Green, but what do you think makes him such a fan favourite? Because he, he got that fast track to that title shot, didn't he? Um, he didn't have a title not shot. The, sorry, the, the um, Islam fight, right? Well, he took that on short notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. took that. That was a short notice fight. He just came in. It wasn't a title shot, but was it maybe the last fight that I, Islam had I, before? I think it was, yeah. Um, and, he, and he jumped in. Before he got the belt. And that's a... Big fight to give someone like Bobby Green, who wasn't ranked that highly. Well, you got to think as well. I can't remember off the top of my head how short notice it was. That Maybe some of the higher ranked out. fights had, had probably... fights lined up. I don't know. But what do you think it is that that makes? I'm a big, big fan. Yeah. Like, what do you think it is? Because he's not. I don't think he's ever going to win a belt. No. But. You know, he's look where he is on the card. People, there's a lot of other stacked people on this card. You know, when we get on to the next fight, in theory, that could be quite easily above Bobby Green, Jalen Turner, um, or Bobby Green, Dan Hooker. Yeah. But Bobby Green's got some star power. And do you think it just comes down to just Harry is on the microphone? Harry is when he's fighting the way he talks to opponents, he's boxing. What, what do you put it down to? I mean, I'll say in a minute, I think just to underline your point, Dan Hooker, Bobby Green was a five-round fight. Mm. They never do... They very rarely do that for mm. non-title fights, but they never do a co-main event on a fight night yeah. that is also five rounds. That just never, ever happens. Mm. And that goes to show, I think, what the UFC think of Bobby Green, Dan Hooker. Also, the fight they would have put on. Oh, yeah. my God, that would have been an absolute war. It would that, have been, that blonde hair would have been red again. It would have been red again. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, just talking about five rounds of, of Dan Hooker and Bobby yeah. Green is making me really upset about the fact that we've not got that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think Jalen's a really good replacement. I'm a big fan mm. of Jalen. But what makes Bobby, I think, such a, a fan favourite, and I think with anyone, it's fight style. I think if you're some... If Justin Gaethje... I don't think of Justin Gaethje as having this amazing personality. He might have, but I don't think of Justin Gaethje and go the way he talks on the mic or the way he does it. I think first and foremost... You have to have a good fight style. And I think that Bobby Green has got that. He throws hands, he gets hit, he gives the hits. He's got, a, a, you know, he's got great head movement. And, and I think people kind of enjoy someone being in the pocket and just evading shots all the time. And he's a talker inside the cage. I can't think of one thing that Bobby Green has said outside of the cage that has really stuck with me. What did he say his new name was? King. King. Well, his nickname's King, isn't it? He's mm. a Bobby King Green, but then he just wanted to be seen as... King. Light Prince. Light Prince. Um, <laughs> but, you know, older. Uh, you're a king. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, that is what it mm. is. Whatever. I just, I can't think of anything where I go, oh, I really want to hear Bobby Green talk about a subject matter or, or, or he's got great jokes or he's got anything like that. It's the fight style. It's always the fight style. And I yeah. think for any fighter, you if you're a big wrestler and you're kind of just taking people down, grinding out decisions with your wrestling, if you're like a Derek Brunson, for example, you need to try and have a really good personality as well to try and counterbalance that. 
if you're a great striker, if you're if you're Sean O'Malley, O'Malley or, or Conor McGregor, I don't think having the personality makes you a superstar to go with it. But if you were just doing that and knocking people out and maybe calling it beforehand and then doing some nice bits outside the cage, uh, sorry, in in the cage in your post fight, sure, yeah, speech, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that will carry you so far. Mm. That will make you a star. The, the the extra bits that Sean and Connor and Israel Adesanya and, and people like that have got make you the superstar. Yeah. But I think you can be a star. I mean, the Cowboy Cerrone, like, he had... We had a bit more personality, maybe, than, than Bobby Green. And also, you look at his Instagram, and he's always doing, like, dirt bike riding yeah. or, like, jumping out of a plane. Without or, a parachute, yeah. sort of thing he does. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, he's just doing that. He's just, like, riding a horse out of the plane yeah. and just, you know, like, whatever. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so maybe that's a bad com- comparison. But I think in terms of in the cage, fighters that very clearly are, like, any place, anytime, anywhere, mm. I'll get in the cage, I'll talk some shit, like Kevin Holland. Yeah. Talk some shit to you in the cage. Now, Kevin Holland does have a bit of personality out of the cage. There's stories about him, like, being a bit of a vigilante and, like, stopping multiple... He's, like, stopped multiple criminals yeah, yeah, from yeah. doing something in, like, Houston or wherever it is that he lives. Um, and he does some funny stuff on the Instagram and all that kind of stuff. But, again, the fact that he is chatting away in the cage and he is putting good fights on. Yeah. That's the main thing and that's 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 what Bobby does. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's move on. Oh. This is really interesting. It's so interesting. So obviously this is at 155. I mean, pe- pe- we, what we've realised is people listening to this on podcast can't see this massive oh, yeah. screen. So you've just changed the screen to f- uh, font versus Figueredo. And we mm. went, oh, and they're just starting to talk about it. <laughs> Anyone listening to this is like, what are you talking about? What? What's happened? But yes, we're talking about um, font and, and Figueredo. Figueredo coming up to 135 from 125. How do you think this one goes? <sighs> It's, I think it's up. Rob Font, I love Rob Font. Yeah, me too. Uh, and if you, you and I have got to do something to put him away. Yeah. Like, Even he, Marlon Vera, who was smashing him to pieces, couldn't finish him. Yeah, I think, I think this is a, 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 a big step up for Figgy. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> Font's just come off of that. Sandagen loss. Yeah. Uh, don't really want to talk any more about that. Um, yeah, the win. You do that like Sandhagen tore his tricep. You I can't... know. Look, you know I love Corey Sandhagen, former guest of the show, Corey Sandhagen. <laughs> uh, go check out that episode. Um, obviously, other than that, he's got losses to Aldo and Cheeto, so he's only lost to the best, like yeah. Rob Font. Uh, and so I think, I think Figgy's overstepped this. I, I, I think he's he's stepping up into a division of absolute fucking killers, uh, and I I don't think I don't think he's going to work for him. Mm, I, I think you could be. You know, I'm a big uh, advocate of size mattering in all walks of mm-hmm. of, of life. Um, but I think that uh, <laughs> you got that a bit late, did you? Oh, really? <laughs> I thought you were just asking if me and you had a fight. I didn't realise you were talking about your dinkle. <laughs> you love all the dinkle. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think Figgy going up. I mean, it's so tricky for those fighters that like clearly going to one twenty five was killing him. Do you know what the weirdest thing that we haven't even mentioned is? The weirdest thing about this whole thing 
is that Figueredo is fighting someone other than Brandon Moreno. He's, he's fought him, I think I looked up on, on Tapology, he's fought him 17 times. <laughs> <laughs> it's mental. It's mental. So many times. I thought it was 24. Um, but no, it's the last four fights in a row have all been Brandon Moreno. He has fought Brandon Moreno since late 2020. I think if you look... Three at, years, he's only fought Brandon Moreno. Go on the UFC website and you look at the stats. So far, Figueredo has spent 34% of his entire life in an octagon with Brandon Moreno. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you get these verified facts from, Stu? Uh, <laughs> I will not reveal my source, mate. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it is strange not to see him always fight Moreno, but it's, uh, I'm sure it's welcome for Figueredo and, and the fans to not just see that fight again. Do, do you think he's moved up because he just thinks, look, I'm, I'm not going to get a title shot quickly? No, uh, I, I think it's a weight cut thing. I think it's a you do? Bit, yeah, I, I think he was killing himself getting down to 125. But I do think he's still going to be slightly small for this division. And Font is rangy. He's got a fantastic jab. Um, I would say... I would say Figueredo's best bet might be to try and implement some grappling in this, but given that he's moving up in weight, maybe maybe he's going to struggle with that. Unless his technique is absolutely on point with the wrestling, will he be able to hold Font down mm. given that he's going up in weight? I'm not sure that he will. So, I'd, I'd like five rounds of this. Really? Mm. I think three's enough. Well, I, I like Rob Font when he gets into them, uh, them, them later rounds. Things yeah. just get dirty and like, yeah... I well, he didn't him. need the later rounds against Yanez, did he? No. Absolutely smashed Yanez. That was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but I think that the thing with this is this is actually a really good fight. It's good matchmaking from the UFC. Not in terms of... like I do think Font's going to win. You clearly think Font's going to win as well. But I think what you do when you put someone who's been a previous champion in lower weight class like Figueredo against someone like Rob Font is you're going, let's... This is a really great measurement of how you would do in this division. If you're a previous yeah. champion and you are and you beat Rob Font, that's it. You're a top five guy. You can, you know, you could potentially have one more fight and then, and then go, go for the belt because you've got the name value. You've got all that stuff. And if you don't, I, I think it's fair to say that you will never fight for a belt at bantamweight. I think if somehow he pulls off a win over Rob Font, I don't know where he goes next because you look at your, your sand agents and things like that, they're going to absolutely swamp him. I just, I just, I, I think he's, he's entering into a, uh, a, a world that perhaps he doesn't really want to be in. I think it'll be messy. I think there's too many big fighters that, that are just going to be way too big for him. I don't know. I mean, like, let's look at it. Yarn's not that big. Mirab is not that big. And you've got to think, Sean O'Malley's fighting Cheeto in March, is it? Yep. I mean, he's probably not going to fight again for ages after that. He's probably going to try and look at boxing someone or something, whatever Sean wants to do. Mirab's the number one contender, really, in that division. Should be fighting for the belt. Corey Sandhagen has got a claim to that as well. But they're going to have to find fights. Because, Don't get me wrong. I, I do think Jan Figgy could be a good fight. I think it could be a great fight. Yeah. I yeah. think that, I didn't consider putting on in the mix there. But I think Marab as well is it might need a fight and getting a fight over a former getting a win over a former that, champion could be a good thing for Marab. That Marab's. could actually be the one thing that could really do him a favor because I just can't see Marab getting getting rushed into a title shot. I don't think he's no. he's got that kind of superstardom. No. Um 
there's a little bit of backstory of him and O'Malley, but um, I do think that a win over Figgy, like you say, that that could that could be the uh, the yeah. golden ticket. Yeah, I mean, golden ticket might be a bit strong because it's not his division, and it's not like Figgy's a huge star. But I think just having well, <laughs> what's that? You got some messages there. So <laughs> you got need some to messages get rid of. popping up on the screen. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, th- I I I think it's good. And what what we've just stumbled upon, upon there is if Figgy wins. Him versus Yarn is a really cracking fight. Yeah. I'd love to see that fight. So actually, yeah, I'm even more excited about this now. But can we move on? Have you got anything else to say? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I am who are we moving on to? Who are we moving on to? Moving on to? Listeners of the podcast, um, Sean Brady versus uh, Kelvin Gastelum. Oh, I, I, I think this could be a cracker. I'm so interested in this fight. Yeah, I think this could arguably be. I'm not. I don't think it's going to play out necessarily as the best fight on the card. But going into it, I've got a lot of questions that are going to get answered from this fight, and it makes it maybe arguably. The most intriguing fight on the card. Tell me why. Tell me why. Uh, uh, we're going to get sued for that, aren't we? Backstreet Boys are coming for us, guys. Help us out. We're going to start a, uh, a Kickstarter to try and help our legal fees against uh, the Backstreet Boys. Um, so, Sean Brady coming off a, a year away. Lost to injuries, Bilal. Lost to Bilal. That's his first ever loss. Mm. It'd be interesting to see what improvements Sean Brady has made. I was quite high on Sean Brady. I thought he was very, very good. But I think he showed in the Kiesa fight, mm. in the third round, and in the Bilal fight, there's some holes in his striking game that he needs to sort out. And if he can't get someone down and keep him down, he might have some issues. Mm. Um, Kelvin Gastelum only won two of his last seven fights. He was having a rough ride until Chris Curtis. But... When you look at who he's lost to, it doesn't read that bad to me. Israel Adesanya, no shame. Robert Whittaker, no shame. A slightly controversial one to Darren Till that mm-hmm. people thought yep. that uh, Kelvin won. Cannonier, arguably, the, the uh, you know, he's got a win over Sean Strickland, the champion at, at the moment, yep. and, and not a bad fighter at all. Uh, and there was the Jack Hermanson fight where. I think he just made a bad mistake and got stuck in a heel hook within yeah, the first yeah, yeah. few seconds of the fight. So 
and always he was always undersized. Yeah. He should never have been at middleweight. I think you had a go at me for quote unquote like fat shaming him at one point uh, <laughs> in know? a previous episode. <laughs> yeah, because and I was saying this. I love Kelvin. You know that. Yeah, I, but I was saying this with love. He needs to put more effort in to the weight cuts. So I think he had a fine career up at middleweight. It was mm. fine. Two of his last seven matches doesn't sound fine, does it? Yeah. Um, but uh, I think him at welterweight is where he should have been. He's got a fantastic wrestling base. Kelvin Gastelum has got all these accolades from high school and college with his wrestling. He never really uses it. He's like a Justin Gaethje in that sense. He never uses his wrestling. He just wants to strike. Yeah. And he's crisp boxing. Out. I mean, you ask Michael Bisping. I know Bisping had one eye at the time and he was coming off of a loss to George St. Pierre. No where excuse got badly having one eye. Yeah, yeah. God's <laughs> sake, man. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but I think that uh, Kelvin has got really good striking and he could really stuff a lot of Brady's takedown yeah. attempts. And if he can make that weight cut work for him and keep his durability, Kelvin Gastelum's got an amazing chin on him. Yeah. And I really think he could do well at welterweight. Right, you ready? Go on. Strap yourself in. All right, here we go. I really hope he wrestles. Go on. I just want to see some wrestling. I don't want Are anyone... Are you feeling all right? No, no. I'm, I, I, I want to see Kelvin. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Kelvin Gaslam wrestle. I want some wrestling. I don't want him to be stood up either. I think that's where his strength is. Do you think the... the, the I don't think this is the fight for that, by do you the way. Think the, do you think the cut's going to zap him? That's the question. Is the cut going to zap him of his cardio? Is he going to zap him of his durability? Because Kelvin Gastelum can take a punch and he can yeah. go all night. He is, he is, I think, going to suffer a little bit from the weight cut, but hopefully not too much. And if mm. he can still keep that durability and that cardio going, I think he's a really bad stylistic matchup for Brady. Yeah. Unless Brady has filled those holes in his game over the last year in his striking... I can really see him struggling to get Gastelum and keep him up against the fence or to take him down. And then Gastelum's got one of those. He's got such a crisp one too. Yeah. You watch Gastelum and he's boxing, the way he moves. He's really, really crisp yeah. hands. And, and experience think, in buckets And experience. Now. I think he could cause Brady a lot of problems. And I think welterweight Kelvin Gastelum is something I've been wanting to see for a long time. He, he missed weight about three times in his welterweight career in the UFC, which is why he was forced to go up to middleweight. It must have just been a discipline issue. Because let's hope he gets it right. We don't look at Kelvin Gastelum and look at him the way we were looking at Armon Sarukian's body earlier or whatever. You know, it's like he's not ripped to shreds. There is room to cut. Yeah. And, and that sounds offensive, but it's just... The fact of the matter. So, yeah. welterweight Gastelum, I think, is something I've wanted to see for a long time. And I think he could actually be uh, be a big problem for Brady. Yeah, I hope so. Not that I've got anything against Sean Brady, but... Um, you're, a, you're a Gastelum fan, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Ever since... He was the, that was the, the first... The thing that really got me into UFC in, in a crazy way... Yeah was watching that series of The Ultimate Fighter where, where he was the, the last, last pick. He was the last pick. And it was him and Uriah Hall. And, and he won he, it, didn't he? And he won it against Uriah Hall, yeah, which I yeah. was gutted about at the time because I was a huge Uriah Hall fan. Also, that that Uriah Hall spinning, spinning oh. round ass that knocked that guy out, I think of, that's the, uh, apart from Let Me Bang Bro, that's the, the highlight of any... Yeah any Ultimate Fighter series, just that, the, the silence that fell yeah. over that. And then he was apologising. Yeah. You just saw Uriah Hall apologising to this man that was just out of it. Yeah. Completely out of it from that kick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, 
It was he he was almost scarier because he was apologizing. Yeah. He was like just absolutely decimated this guy mm. and it was like, oh, I'm so sorry, mate. Oh, yeah. I'm really sorry. It's like it makes you more scary <laughs> that you didn't really mean to do it in a way. Um the other thing that's not mentioned about that is there was another fight on that series where he knocked a guy out from bottom position. That's right, yeah. He like some guy had him either in mount or he was in yeah. his guard or something. And from punches from the bottom he either knocked him out or, or got him to quit or yeah. something. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, he was terrifying. He Absolutely was terrifying. terrifying. <laughs> I want to touch on um, Clay Guida versus Joaquin Silva. Go on. Um, I, just, I just looked when I see Clay Guida on there, and I always get excited because I like the fact that he just he comes rocking out to some metal. And uh, normally the hair's there. The hair's yeah. now gone. Um, Clay Guida started in the UFC in 2006. 17 years wow. he has been in the UFC with a record of 38 to 23 and 0. I mean, that's some record. I mean, you look through who he's fought. He has fought everyone. <clears throat> My only thing there is, he's, he's. I don't ever want to see fighters whose hair retire from their head before they retire from the octagon. <laughs> but is his hair retired from his head? Yes, he yes, yes. This is, that's, I mean, they've uh, they've been kind with the airbrush in the UFC there on that picture. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's disappearing. And like Clay Guida without his hair, come on, no one wants to see that in the octagon. As long as he's still burping in between rounds, I'm quite <laughs> oh, happy yeah. with it. I forgot about that. There's this <laughs> them huge belches as well. Yeah. But I love that he's considerate enough to really shove people out of the way while he just goes Bruh, and just does this massive burp. Absolutely huge burps. We should put that into the podcast. We should start doing that. We <laughs> can we can when we upgrade this podcast again, can we just get like a button with like different sound effects it's on it? One of them is Clay Guida. Burp. Let's do that. That'd yeah. be great. That'd and be great. I want to let me bang bro. Oh. That'd be great. <laughs> let me bang bro. Clay Guida's burp. That'd be great. Um, I mean, if Clay Guida gets the win or lose, surely it's got to be time to just knock it on the head now. I don't know, mate. I don't know. Because he upset the UFC, I think, in these last outing, didn't he? Didn't he sort Did of he? do some sort of post-fight thing about retirement and then literally not retire? I, I can't remember it per, like, yeah. clearly. But I think... Like, I think Dana was like, what the fuck's he doing? Like, I think it was like... Oh, was that... Did he go over to get the mic as if he was going to retire? And they were like, well, we've got to let Clay, Clay Green yeah, yeah, yeah. retire on camera because obviously... Yeah. And, but I think the UFC were like, we need to keep this show going. Yeah. But you've got to give Clay his time to retire. Yeah. And then he said something, I don't know, was it about like one of his sponsors or, or something, ridiculous, something yeah. like that? And then, uh, yeah, there you go. Okay, right. Misha Cupcake Tate. Yes. Move on to that. Let's get on to Misha. Cupcake is back. Uh, so she had a, a four-year absence, came back, beat Marion Renault, uh, and then lost to Caitlin Vieira, then dropped Lauren. down to 125 and lost to Lauren Murphy. Now yeah. she's going back up against Julia Avila uh, at 135. Why is Misha Tate fighting? Uh, legacy? She don't need legacy. It's Misha Tate. You know, she's been, she's been champ. She's absolutely fought the best. Um, well, she never defended the belt. Maybe she wants to prove that she can be a two-time champ. Maybe she wants the money. Is uh, that going to happen? Is she going to get belt? the belt? I, don't I think, think so. absolutely she has a chance of getting the belt. Really? 100%. She is by far the biggest. Bantamweight is a rudderless division at the moment. Okay. Like, uh, who's going for the belt? M- uh, Mara Bueno Silva um, and Raquel Pennington. 
They're not stars. Like, don't get me wrong. I think I think Misha's struggles will be that she's not as good as she was. Yeah. So she, I don't think she will win the belt. So I don't think she'll be good enough to win the belt. But will she get title shot? If she beats Avila and then has one more win, I think she's. I think Misha Tate is always two wins away from a title shot in this bantamweight division, because I don't think that there's much going on in that division. There's no stars. There's no bit of, uh, the, the fight. I'd want to. What I'd really love to see is if Misha Tate beats Avila, rematch Holly Holm. And then the winner of that fight will probably get a title shot. And I, I, I know you're screwing your face up, and I get that people at home would be like, why do we want to see that? I but think, who I else think, is there, really? Yeah, I, I, mean, I know Pena's got to come back and have a fight and everything, but I'm like... Do, do, you, do you think that she's looking at it and thinking, this is my chance? You know, I uh, think she's looking at it and thinking, this is a wide-open division. Yeah. I'm the biggest star in this division. I am always two fights away from a title shot and maybe some, some good money from all of that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, why not? Why not give it a go? Uh, uh, I think. I think again, if she loses to Avila, I think that's it. It's done. Yeah, that's it. But if she beats Avila, throw her in with Holly Holm again. Um, like, and that, that's a fight I'd be interested. That's in. That's a fun fight, right? Yeah, yeah. Two that legends, first fight. Right. Um, Holly Holm, I think, was winning that fight relatively comfortably until the yeah. end when Misha got the the rear naked choke. Uh, so. I think throw room with Holly Holm again is kind of a good little like legends fight. They're yep. both the biggest names in that division now by a long way without Nunes in the in the mix. So um, yeah, I think it makes sense. And then the winner of that fight could easily get a title shot because they'd be doing a lot of the heavy lifting on the pay per view numbers. Yeah. Regardless of who the champion is, whether it's Pennington or, or, or Bueno Silva. Okay. <laughs> One more fight on the card. Uh, there's plenty more fights on the card, but obviously we don't um, feel the need to talk about everything. We want to talk about all the, 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 the big fights on the card, but we need to, to talk about former guests of the show, uh, Veronica Hardy, who takes on Jamie Lynn Horth. Um, big fans, uh, aren't we? She's, uh, yep. she's, she was so much fun, and it was lovely when we went up to, to Media Day um, at the yep. last London card. We bumped into Veronica and... Uh, yeah, it's good to see. All things are, are, are looking very good for the Hardys. Dan absolutely smashing it over at the PFL. Yeah. Uh, and that's only going to get bigger and better with the uh, the merger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lynn Hulf, uh Undefeated. A, what's that? Yeah, sixth Undefeated. fight pro win streak. Um, so yeah. second out in, in, the, uh, in the octagon for the UFC. Yeah. Um, she won her decision in the... Uh, she won her UFC debut by decision, sorry. Uh, but all the other fights on the regional scene were by finish. Mm. Two rear naked chokes, three finishes by strike. Uh, strike? By strike. Single strike. Yeah. Uh, by strikes. Um, yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 I didn't have any water with me here, so yeah. my... Uh, my <laughs> I'm, not, I'm like that now. But... Uh, uh, I, th- I fear that the UFC are sort of putting Veronica in potentially against people they think will beat her do because you, do, of do the you, connection you to think, Dan Hardy. You, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, there's, it, it, it's, it's an interesting organization. Let's say that. And do you, do you think they could be that manipulative that they're going to go, all right, we'll throw your missus in against, you know, somebody that, that we think is going to be a... I think potentially. I think there is potential for that. I mean, also there's that thing of like, wasn't there a thing where Dan wasn't allowed either... He was in her corner at the... He wasn't the at media day with her. <coughs> he wasn't allowed for the wanes and stuff, I believe. Yeah, so, you know, that is... You know, 
whatever. I don't know. It's, yeah, there's um, a lot of politics involved. There's a lot of politics we involved. We will never know about, and we will never know about. There's a story that UFC put out, and we had Dan on our show yeah. talking about how, for his money, that that that's just not true. Yeah, a lot of what was put out, and they were trying to kind of smear him mm. a bit. Uh, one, one, uh, a big loss to the, to, to the pundit because he was he was one of the best commentators for the UFC, oh, if not the best. And I'm sure he's doing a phenomenal job still in, yeah. in, in within the, the the PFL. And also, he's the um, head of European like fighter operations or something. That's like right. that. So yeah, he's yeah, yeah. so he's I'm sure he's not bothered. He's, he's having a lovely time over in the, in, in the PFL. Um, I think that Veronica, when she was on our show, was talking about how previously when she was not doing so well. She, um, she had kind of uh, trainers in all sorts of places. She was spending most of her camps just driving back and forth in the car. She didn't have, um, that one solid kind of head coach and, and all that stuff. But now with Dan and all that, things have changed. She's evolved a lot as a fighter. So I feel like this is going to be really interesting to see kind of how far, Veronica can go. Yeah. And then when her contract runs out, whenever that may be, does she go over to the PFL? Does she uh, stay in the UFC? I, I think we're going to see a I big shift, know. Mr. Harrison. I, I, you know, when we were talking about Benil earlier and saying about, you know, Benil's potentially, you know, a long way from a title shot, you know, are we going to see these people start getting to the end of their contracts? And when it comes to renegotiating, looking at the PFL as it is now and the money that's available there, that's only going to change, you presume, for the better with the merger and the bigger fights with the Bellator fighters. I think it's going to become a very competitive industry. At the moment, obviously, the UFC is always going to be the biggest and the best because of the yeah. fighters that they've got there and the money that's thrown at it and, and the fact that it's the UFC. But... I do yeah. think that fighters, you know, they're prize fighters. And I do think ultimately they're going to start looking at this organisation that's growing and knowing that there's big money, you know, over there. And I, I think we're going to see some interesting things. And and obviously if you're Veronica Hardy and you're, you're fighting, you know, people that are just coming through on absolutes or win streaks – and there's an option to, to go and showcase your skills and earn more money in a different organisation, why would you not do that? Yeah, I, I, actually, I wonder if we can get Dan back on the show and, and, and talk about some of this. I think yeah. the PFL are making big, big moves, as you say, with the acquisition of Bellator. And the other thing is they didn't pay a penny for it. Yeah. It was all stocks. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, a really interesting We should have bought it. Well. We should. <laughs> we should. We'll give you stocks. We'll yeah. give you stocks in the MMA fan show, mate. Exactly. We'll give you some stocks. If oh. oh, you only wanted stocks. You didn't want yeah. money. Oh, God, we got loads of stocks. Oh. I said to you before, if you snooze, you lose. You never listen to me, Blake. Oh, sorry, mate. Fuck's sake. Um... Anyway, um, this uh, this event goes down this weekend. I hope you all enjoy it at the Moody Centre in Austin. Um, <laughs> moody! Moody! <laughs> How was it? Pretty, pretty moody. Um, thanks ever so much uh, for watching the show. If you're listening to the show... 
please continue listening however you, you you know you like to get this uh, this content but we would say uh, podcast listeners come over and have a little look because we've got this flashy new studio that we've built and uh, and we're looking to really develop the show and and uh, we've got another guest turning up in a minute for, for next week's episode we've got some really fun things coming your way so even if you're not a big YouTube fan pop over there click subscribe and then you'll get a little notification each week letting you know who we've got on follow us on the socials because we keep you up to date there's going to be loads of nice new clips our, our boy Jamie's working really really hard to uh, to bring you some amazing stuff we're really kicking things off over on TikTok as well so give us a follow on Insta give us a follow on TikTok make sure you subscribe on YouTube and Blake say something because I've run out of breath we're really kicking things off on TikTok <laughs> us two old white grey haired men oh god we're really kicking things off yeah. over on TikTok guys getting, we're getting well sick bro oh, it's going to be lit bro <laughs> Jesus Christ. You sound oh, more old and white. Yeah, Where's my asthma pump? <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm off to have a Werther's original. Thanks ever so much for watching, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.